Christians, how come I know you're radical and fanatical? Because you're here on a Sunday night. Hallelujah. So if you want to make your way over here from the coffee bar and come on in, it's time for church. Hallelujah. Woohoo! Yay, rah. Amen. I tell you what, if we weren't meeting here, we'd go meet under a rock somewhere. We just want to be together. We just want to worship Jesus and hear about the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's stand up and say our confession over the United States of America. Hallelujah. Amen. Do not give up on America. America has not given up. I mean, God has not given up on us. Amen. So we just got to occupy till he returns. Amen. Amen. All right. You ready? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of, this na- of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Well, let me go over the announcements with you. Pastors Dave and Katie and Pastor Josh and Julie and their families are camping up in the mountains, up in the woods, and so I'm so happy for them to be able to get away, spend some time with their family, and they're in the no-sell zone, so... Don't even attempt to call them. <laughs> call the church number. It'll go into some, somebody's house, and we'll get to you if you have something you need, okay? Hallelujah. But you would be surprised how if you just call on Jesus, amen, just call on Jesus. He'll help you every time, amen. All right, announcements. Next Sunday, 
July the 30th, our water baptisms. Pastor Dave said we got about 20 people signed up for water baptisms. We'll be doing those both Sunday morning and Sunday night. So if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never been water baptized, or if you were dunked, or if you were sprinkled or whatever and you were a kid, and you want to, uh, you know, get water baptized, you know, as an adult with your decision of your own, then we invite you to do that, okay? I was baptized, water baptized in a lake in Indiana. Man, it was awesome. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, awesome. But I'm thankful for our baptismal tank. Amen. Okay. So, Alex Church is inviting all of us to a Christian music festival he's playing at in Adelanto on July the 29th at the Adelanto Stadium. And he's going to be playing at 5 p.m., but it's an all-day event, I guess. Days either. Christian band's are going to be there and some other things. So, I think the doors open at 10, they said. And this is where the Mavericks used to play, that stadium there. Any people went down to play ball, uh, to watch the ball games down there. That's where that stadium's at. No men's meeting for August. HDWC pool party is going to be at Henderson Pool Friday, August the 4th from 6 to 9 p.m. Amen. All right. Well, Cletus isn't here tonight, so I'm going to talk about SMTI for a minute. SMTI is our Bible college we've had here for several years now, long time. There's first year, second year, and third year. You have to go through the first year first, of course. You can't do third year and not first year. But it's nine months long. Um, it's going to start September the 11th, and it'll go through June something. And it's every Monday night from 6 to 9 p.m. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want to, if you, if you, if you, if you'll never regret going to it, I'll tell you that. Because Dr. Barkley teaches every single one of those, those series, every single one of those lessons, and it's just awesome stuff. So I challenge you to go. It's like, uh, I can't remember the cost. It's 700 something a month, or a year, I mean. You can make monthly payments. There's a $25 setup fee and all that kind of stuff. But everything's online now. So if you go to smti.com or something like that, or if you talk to Cletus, make sure you talk to him especially, then he knows all the new stuff on how they do all this, you know, registering online in the whole nine yards. But you need to get your stuff in if you're going to go because um, they want to be able to send all the information to us. It's on DVD. And uh, it'll be in victory every Monday night. And you know what? This last year, they would uh, take turns making supper. So one day, one night, Raymond would cook. Some night, next night, somebody else would cook. And they'd all they'd all bring in food, and they'd eat supper while they were. <laughs> I don't know if you did that while you were watching the videos or what. While you were okay, because <laughs> they come straight from work. A lot of them, you know, James and Casey, they come straight from work, and so they're in there doing their thing. So anyway, I challenge you to go. Amen. You will never, never, ever regret it. All right, so guess what time it is? Now, it's happy time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. If you were here this morning, or not here this morning, I would like to give into Pastor Dave and Katie's, Pastors Dave and Katie's birthday offering we took up this morning. You can put it in an envelope, or if you brought a birthday card, put that in the offering. Write real plain on there for pastors, you know, make sure you distinguish between, you know, that pastor and... Pastors Dave and Katie, so write Pastors Dave and Katie on the envelope and stick it in the offering, and then we'll make sure that they get that. Okay, and it's also um, missions, so if you've got your missions offering, put that in as well. Okay, so tonight we're going to be in Matthew 6. I'm in Matthew 6.33. Thank you to Walter. He says, why don't you use Matthew 6.33 tonight? And I said, I think I will. So, hallelujah. So, I'm in the New King James. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
So what are things? Things are things. Do you need a car? Do you need a washer? Do you need a dryer? Do you need a house? Do you need, you know, what do you need? But seek Jesus first. Do things God's way. Do your money God's way. Tell you what, if you do your money God's way, you're never going to fail. So anyway, and you know all about, we've heard that here about tithing and giving and all that stuff. And I just dropped my pen, but that's okay. I'll get it later. Okay, so oh, let's say, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. Then we'll turn this over to the lovely Ray Leon and the handsome Alex. And they're going to, um, thank you, sir. And they're going to uh, um, lead us in worship tonight. And it's really good. Okay, as we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Jesus give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks you guys. That was awesome. All right. After you guys are done dropping off your tithes and offerings, go ahead and join us at the altar. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless
teacher of the word of God for revelation knowledge to come to everyone watching and everyone that's here present Lord that not one person will leave tonight not one person that's watching will not have at least one answer to something they're facing and we just want to thank you and praise you Lord that the main thing is we're all going to stay with you till we take our last breath and may that be a long time from now but we're going to stick with you and never look back and never walk back. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. As Pastor Dave said this morning, I'm going to teach tonight how to protect yourself from backsliding. How to protect yourself from backsliding. Has anybody ever known anybody... They used to serve Jesus, be a good church goer, and all those things, but they're not anymore. They're back telling dirty jokes, doing wrong things. They're, just, they're back with the world again. 
They're not living like Christians anymore. Well, the Bible has safeguards. And I'm going to be speaking along a certain certain line tonight and uh, be teaching a certain theme. You'll see in just a minute. It'll be very obvious. But the main thing is, it'd be a shame for a Christian to be born again, walk away from the things of the world, and have the name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and then to walk away from God and turn on Him and turn on Jesus and then die and go to hell after knowing how real spiritual things are. Would that be a shame? Amen. Well, I, I purposed a long time ago that I was going to stick with it for a long, long ways. I want you to open up to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 5. And as I'm talking, I'm, I'm just uh, thinking about how real Jesus is. And how well he knows us. And I always like to say this, that he knows our future better than we know our past. Think about that statement. Jesus knows what you're going to be doing 10 years from now. He knows what you're going to be doing next week. Some of the things he's told me over the years. I remember one time, I was born again about two or three years. Uh, I'm a little older, so I have a lot of stories. Sometimes stories come out, but only for the purpose of helping people. But uh, I remember one time, I think I was probably about three years old, the Lord. And just all of a sudden, this little still small voice that Pastor Dave was teaching on today, I heard these words. I heard you that night in the sunshine in. And I said, heard me in the sunshine in? What are you talking about? Well, the sunshine in, I was a truck driver, was a place on payday that some of us stupid truck drivers went to, drank a few beers and cashed our check and... Hopefully took more home than we took in. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting there one night. I was talking, talking to my brother-in-law. He wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a Christian. But we had this guy that we worked with, a mechanic. And uh, he would get all turned on to Jesus, come in, man. He'd tell us, we better quit smoking. We're going to go to hell because smoking those cigarettes. And just, you know, whatever we were doing, he would, always, he would always condemn us. And then the next thing you know, we wouldn't see him for a week or two because he was drunk somewhere. So the God was in and out, in and out, in and out. You never know if he's going to be preaching or if he's trying to sober up. And so we were sitting there talking about him. And I said to Kenny, I said, you know what, Kenny? I didn't, I didn't know Christian terms, so all I can say is this. Well, if I ever start going to church, I'll go all the way or not at all. And that's what the Lord was talking about. He said, I heard you the sun shine in. And he said, I knew you meant that. That he's going to be all the way. And that's the way I've been now for almost 44 years. All the way for Jesus because I found out how real this is. And so we need to, as Christians, recognize if we're going to be Christians, be Christians. You know, I, I know one time we was in the Ozark Mountains going to a, going to a prayer meeting, the bunch of us on a school bus, and we passed this little country Baptist church, and they had the sign out in front, and it said this, it said, if you're looking for a church full of perfect people, keep on going, because we're not. Amen. And, you know, I've heard, I, I used to hear people say things about hypocrites. Well, I'm not going to go to church because they're full of hypocrites. What better place for a hypocrite to be? Come, come to church and start getting de-hypocrited. The Word of God will change you. Don't let the devil or anybody else cause you to walk away from Jesus because they criticize you or talk about you. You know, I think about the word hypocrite. There's so many two-faced people everywhere. They're in churches. They're on your job. They're on TV. Everywhere you go, there's people that, that, that have, a, have a public life, that they have a private life. But the thing is, when you come to church, 
And Jesus starts changing you. You more and more become the same all the time, public and private. You're the same person. But it takes Jesus to do that. And the best place that happens is in a church full of former hypocrites. And then those of you who still are, you're changing. Amen. Better preach than you are shouting. Okay. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. It says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. That's the key to the whole Bible. It's by faith. You believe in Jesus, but you haven't seen him. You believe in heaven, you've never seen it. That's just like everything in the Bible. Is you believe it because the Bible says it and God said it. Amen? He talks about healing. He says you receive healing by faith. He talks about your needs being met. says you can have your needs met by faith. And so we're talking about faith here. It says by faith Enoch. Now we're going to be talking a lot about Enoch. Enoch was translated that he should not see death. That was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. And so I want you to notice that word he was translated. What that means is that Enoch moved to heaven with his physical body and never died. He's never died yet. Enoch got to go to heaven. Another guy named Elijah did too. You know, you know I, I just think about us as Christians, people that hear things like that, think, well, those people are nuts to believe that kind of stuff. Well, I believe the Bible. That the Bible says... That Enoch was translated, didn't see death. That Enoch was translated, didn't see death. But notice there what it says by faith. And I'm not going to really talk a whole lot about all the faith things we teach. Man, we can teach a thousand sermons on faith. And it's going to be about faith, but not in the direction you think it is. It says, for he had this testimony. Look at those words. He had this testimony. Does everybody know what a Christian testimony is? Amen. That, 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 that's testifying of good things in your life. A testimony is something great. Have we give testimonies? Well, he said he had this testimony. What's his testimony? He pleased God. I want that to be my testimony, don't you? If there's ever anything I want people to say about me after I move to heaven is this. He pleased God. He pleased Jesus. And we're going to see from the word of God how you can please God. And guess what? One way you please God is don't backslide. Amen. Don't go back to where you came from. What is there back there that you would like to go back to again? You know, I don't know about your life. I know about mine. I've been walking with you for all these years, but I'm so grateful. Back in the days when I was a young man, that the police weren't real serious about drunken driving. Man, there's so many times, so many times, I ended up somewhere, had no idea how I got there, what happened the night before, and I just, I just... All of a sudden, we're all out there. Oh, man, I hope I didn't do something bad last night. Hope I didn't hurt somebody. Hope I didn't kill somebody. Hope something didn't happen. Why would I ever want to go back to that? And think about your lives. What were you, where were you at before the things you did? Why, why, why would a Christian ever think about going back to that mess? And, you know, God spared my life so many times. When I was 16 years old, I was in a drunken accident. And I was the drunk. And at the scene, they called for the coroner. Because there was a dead 16-year-old kid laying there. It was me. And there's only one Christian in the whole world I really knew. It was my grandma. And after I was born again for a few years, I was talking to the Lord about that time that they said I was dead. But I woke up in the hospital and sold me all up and put me together. And I said, Lord, what happened? He said, your grandma was praying for you that night. And I praised God for these praying grandmas. But why would I want to go back out there again and take a chance on that? When I was 19 years old, my appendix ruptured. 
and I wasn't a Christian. I was in the hospital for 11 days in between life and death. They told my mom, 50-50 chance to make it. They told my wife, 50-50 chance to make it. But Jesus brought me through it and I didn't even know him. And so many times, many times, many times I've been through as many things out there. Why would I ever want to even think about it? No matter how bad it gets, how tough it gets, why would I ever think about it? I want to go back out there. I just, I've had it with this church stuff. You know, I got better things my time to do. I can make money. I can do this. I can do that. Why would I ever consider anything except Jesus? Amen. So I want you to think about that. But anyway, for Enoch here, says that God took him to heaven in his physical body and he never died because he had a testimony that he pleased God. And so all of us as born again Christians should want to always say, I want to please God. And we're going to look at Enoch's life to see some ways to do that. And so I want to look at some Bible ways to know you're pleasing God. And we're going to come back to Hebrews 11 in a minute, but I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, because if I hear a testimony of somebody that got blessed and something happened in their life, then I kind of want to know something about that person, how they get blessed. And you know, I think about my life. The last few years, a lot of you have known me. Five years ago, I had stage four blood cancer. That's my testimony. I got healed. Same time, I had a 99% blockage in my right coronary artery. I got healed. Three weeks ago, doctor said I had a major stroke. I got healed. You know what? If I had somebody giving those kind of testimonies, you know what I'd say? I want to know him better. I want to find out what did he do? Doctors told me three weeks ago, we don't know how you're standing here. Said the part of your brain that got hit controls your speech, controls your balance. It controls you being able to walk. And said, we see the evidence it was a major stroke. Doctor said, 2.0 is a killer. You had a 1.5. <laughs> and all I can say is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I know Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I learned these things hanging around people like me that hang out with Jesus. That's how I learned these things. And so when the Bible says that Enoch pleased God, let's find out what he did to please God because the Bible also says be imitators of those who faith and patience inherit the promises. And so if we imitate what Enoch did, which is really easy to do, I've done it for 43 years. If we do what he did, then we can get what he got. And so in Genesis chapter 5, look at verse 22. And the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about Enoch, but if he pleased God, then that's what I want to know about. It says, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God, and then he begat Methuselah, 300 years begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years, and he didn't die. And then Enoch, look at this again, walked with God. Enoch walked with God for 365 years, and he was not, for God took him. And so basically, the only thing the Bible walk really tells us about Enoch is that he pleased God because he walked with God. He pleased God because he walked with God. And think about this for your lives. If you live to be 100 years old, if you live to be 90 years old, that's nowhere close to 365 years. Think of all the temptations, the thing in life, and all the mistakes 
to all the trouble that man could get in in 365 years. But he didn't walk away from God. <laughs> Enoch walked with God for 365 years. And to me, to walk with God, if you're going to walk with somebody, that means you hang out with them. Amen. You learn to hate what they hate and love what they love. That's what you do. And so he hung out together. They had conversations. They stayed close to each other for 365 years. So in other words, Enoch never backslid or walked away from God. Never backslid or walked away from God. We was worshiping God a minute ago, and I was, I was hanging out with him right here in my prayer closet. I got to look at my life about serious mistakes I've made as a Christian since I've been a Christian. I'm in California because of a big mistake I made. I was a young pastor, had a church really growing and doing good, and I yielded to peer pressure. A fellow pastor really told me, said, man, you need, you need, to, you need to get a bigger building. Well, I was, we had the largest church in our town, and also we were on TV twice a week. I, I was personal friends with the mayor, the police chief, the county sheriff, politicians, the judge, the county judge that run the county. God gave me influence there, but I got ahead of God. And so I went out and was by the biggest building in town. But what God's plan for me or for our church. And so while we were doing that, we sold our current church but at a really good price. And the church we sold it to waited for two months for us to get this other deal to close. And the deal fell through and I had to follow through with our contract. So I had to vacate, vacate a church had 150 people, and we were nomads. We ended up meeting in tents. And we went down, 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 till it was over. That's a big mistake. But you know what I did? I kept on walking with God. My family suffered for a few years. Sometimes you hear Pastor Dave them make, make reference to the fact the hard time we went through. After living in a nice house, driving a fairly new Lincoln town car, Taking the mayor and different ones out to lunch together with all these people. God had me influence on TV twice a week where people from all around would call us sometimes, send offerings in from other places like that. Then all of a sudden, my family and I are living in a garage. <laughs> I'll never forget. Katie's got a funny story. I got to watch out too many stories. But anyway, our, our, our back door was a great big garage door. So to go out, we had to open the overhead door to go outside. I heard, heard Pastor Dave were dating, and it was dark out there. It was kind of in the country-type area. And one night I heard a car pull up, and I thought it was, we, had, we slept with the door open because it was hot. And so I thought, I thought, I thought it was just Dave alone. And so I was, anyway, walked out there in shorts. Not real shorts, but short shorts. Walked out there, and I didn't know Katie was out there. That they'd married for a while. And I walked there, and she said, Dad, I'll never forget that. We pulled up there. The headlights were on. And you couldn't see inside the car, but we heard you. David, David, is that you? And he said, that's your dad out there walking around. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's some of the things that happened to us. But what I've said is this. I'm very sure that after 365 years, Edie had some stories to tell where he could have quit. Another time, I had a job that was taking care of my family and I wanted better. But I had a real mean boss. I had a real mean fellow truck driver I worked with. And so I got to the place where I quit that job and said I was getting a better job. Well, when I got the better job, it wasn't the better job. It was really bad. But as a good Christian, I was going around testifying to everybody, look at this new job God blessed me with. But by the time I got broker and broker and broker and broker, 
and rougher and rougher in life again. Finally, one day, the Lord, that still small voice said, why don't you quit lying to everybody? And I said, what do you mean lying to everybody? He said, I didn't get you that job. He said, you were suffering in the flesh. You weren't led by the spirit. You were led by the flesh. You wanted to quit. And so I started to tell all my fellow Christians, everybody, you know what? I miss God. I miss God. God didn't give me that job. Things got rough where I was working. I didn't like my boss. I didn't like the guy I was working with. And so I went to get this job, and God wasn't even in it at all. That's why, that's why things are like they are. And you know what happened as soon as I did that? Within probably a month, I got the dream job of my life in trucking. Things turned around, but the whole thing was I didn't quit. I kept on walking with God. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not common knowledge. Our first year here in California, the... Ones that controlled the church at the time tried to fire me after we'd been here one year. I had to have a legal team involved in everything else that relies being told it does about money. We were stealing money. And so all the record books, bookkeeping, everything proved that was a lie. But that, that was things we went through. I didn't quit. And so I just want to say those things to say to you as we look at what we're doing tonight. <clears throat> you're going to see the, the, key, the, 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 the main key to not backsliding. No matter what comes your way, don't blame God. And the biggest, dumbest thing a Christian can ever do is when they've, done, when they've done wrong to try to cover it up. Man, when you've done wrong, the first thing you want to do is talk to the Lord, tell Him, I've missed it, i made a mistake. If there's people involved that you need to let them know, I will let you know something. These trouble in my life or anything God did, it's me. When that church crashed, the Lord spoke to me real clearly one morning. He said, do you know that more planes crash because of pilot error than any other one thing. And I thought, well, what's that mean? He said, more, more churches crash because of pastor error the other one thing. Then I realized what he was saying. And so that's why I've always been very careful and cautious about things I do at a church to make sure that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. And like Pastor Dave talked about Wednesday night about, about the wise counselors and things, I, that I make sure with seasoned preachers at people that know God really well. Before I do major things, I want to make sure that somebody else that knows God too knows it so I can back off if I have to. I don't ever want to have a serious crash again. Is this helping anybody? Amen. And so Enoch walked with God 365 years. That means he hung out with him. And when bad things happened, he didn't say, I quit. I've had it. I'm out of here. I remember when we first started pastoring back in Indiana years ago, how many quitters there were. I didn't know how many quitters there were, how many people you had to really baby around and leaders to change their diapers. If they learned not to make messes, they grew up some. I'm glad Pastor Dave teaching this story. So anyway, in other words, Enoch never backslid or walked away from God. Now I want you to look at John chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 60. John chapter 6, verse 60. Verse 60. It is so nice to be able to teach the Bible that people really want help and want to change. You know, it might be a good time to make a confession because it's nice to hear yourself speaking from your heart out of your mouth. Say this, say, say this with me if you mean it. Say, I will never backslide. And if you've done it before already, then just whisper again. <laughs> Say that again. Say, I will never backslide. I will never turn my back 
on Jesus. No matter what happens, I will never blame God or anybody else. I'm in charge of my decisions. If I make wrong decisions, I'll point the finger at myself and I'll ask Jesus for help. Amen. That's how it works. John 6, verse 60. <clears throat> and so Jesus just got, just got through teaching a really, really serious lesson to these guys. And then verse 60 said, Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. Who could hear, who could hear it? And so I want to say this as a pastor, what I've seen over the years. And if you've been a Christian very long, been in church very long, then you know there's many things the Bible says about how to live God's way that seem hard to do. Amen. When you've lived in the world for a lot of years, and most everything you see on the news, a lot of what you hear from carnal Christians don't know the Bible, are not in line with God's Word. And so all of a sudden you get around a church that teaches tithing, for example, say, you know what? God wants to bless you. But the first thing you've got to do is obey the Bible. Give God 10% of the tithe. Had a lot of, that's a hard saying. I could never do that. Or it says, love and forgive those who've wronged you. The agape love takes no account of the evil done to it. The agape love loves regardless whether love is returned. That's the love of God that's in our hearts. I could never forgive them in a million years. That's a hard saying. Well, about anything in the Bible that goes against human nature is a hard saying. Because when we become new creatures in Christ, we have God's nature in here. And we let God's nature in here override what's been taught up here. Then it's not a hard saying anymore. It becomes a thing I call walking with God. When you walk with God, you tithe. When you walk with God, you love and forgive. When you walk with God... You obey the Holy Spirit in your heart. When you know what to do, you listen to your conscience. Did you know that your conscience is a good guide if you're a Christian and you're living with the Bible? If you're a carnal Christian that just still does what you want to, you couldn't trust your conscience because you got a seared conscience. But you can trust your conscience at so many times, so many times Christians, because they don't live that way, will know down here because they've been sitting under the Word and the anointing, they'll know... This is what I've got to do. But then they say, well, that's hard. Why do you think you need faith? You need faith because life is hard. Amen. Amen. That's called walking with God. And so anyway, that's that's what we learn to walk with God by faith and not quit. When all of a sudden you're reading the Bible or you're hearing a lesson taught. And then all of a sudden... Those words jump off the page into your heart. You think, oh, wow, I never saw that before. Well, that's called what the Bible says in Ephesians. Your eyes of understanding have been opened. You may have been sitting in this church for 10 years. and may have heard some of the same things taught over and over again. And your head heard them, but blocked it from going to your heart. And then all of a sudden, you see it. And then you know what happens then? That's what we call accountability. You're accountable now. And then the Bible teaches that God knows that you knew. And he said, he said you, oh, you wicked person in Proverbs, they don't say you didn't know because you knew it, and I know you knew it. And so that's why it's so wrong to judge a fellow Christian. 
you know, I think about smoking and things like that. Man, you might see somebody stepping outside the door and smoking stuff and getting rid of it like that, but man, you don't know, they just got delivered from dope. They're not doping now. Or they just got delivered from serious alcohol problems, and so smoking is their last thing, so don't go throwing stones at them. You know, maybe you still got a bucket mouth and you need delivered. <laughs> Glory to God. That's, that's good preaching. I like that. And so anyway, they said that's a hard saying. I want you to look at verse 66 then. Skip on down here. Verse 66. And it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back. And we're talking about the word walk, right? And walked no more with him. Enoch walked with God for 365 years. These guys did not like something that the preacher taught them. So that says they walked no more with Jesus because this was a hard saying. And I'm not going to look at this verse, but you can write this down. It's one that you're probably familiar with. In Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, Broads the way that leads to destruction, and many of there be that follow that way. That leads to destruction. Broad. And they said, narrows the way. That leads to life. And few there be that find it. And so what it says right here, many walked away. Guess what they were doing? They were walking away from Jesus to destruction. And then how many stayed with him? Twelve. What did they find? Well, the Bible's full of their stories. There's books of the Bible written by them. They're referred to in all the New Testament. The guys that stayed with him, except one. That one guy that wasn't too smart. But anyway, that's, that, that's, that's what I'm saying, that the Bible tells us when the sayings get hard, many walk away. To me, it's a no-brainer that if God says it and I see it and I know it, I'm accountable for it and I want to do it. I've never had a problem with tithing my whole Christian life. It's just something I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Saw it in the Bible. The Lord spoke it to my heart. It's just automatic. Don't even think about it. Whatever my gross pay has always been, I never think about gross pay. All I do is move the decimal point one to the left. That's what my tithe is. Just move the decimal point over. That's my tithe. And then that's what I got left after taxes. But my tithe is for taxes. And years ago, I paid child support. My tithe is before child support. It's before everything else. that what I've got left, i got 90% of my income that's blessed then. God got 10. And if you keep the 10, then you got 100% cursed. Keep the 90, you got 90% blessed. I mean, that's, isn't that good math? That's how the whole thing works, but that's a hard say to some people. They can't figure it out. You don't figure out the Bible. If he says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, you lay hands on the sick. If it says, for you to call for the elders of the church, you can all for the prayer of faith, you call for the elders of the church. Amen. There's so many things the Bible says to do, and you don't figure it out. You know what that's called? Walking with God. Amen. Hanging out with Jesus, walking with God. So anyway, it said that many walked back. But I, I want you to notice then in verse 67, and uh, just just like many disciples walked away from him, many no longer walk with him today if they don't like it when a preacher or fellow believer tells them what the Bible says about living right. Isn't that a terrible thing? Somebody has lived wrong, maybe maybe in sexual sin of some kind. And then they start getting in church and a fellow believer says something one day about, you know what, uh, maybe I'll start examining your lifestyle now. You're not out there anymore. You're in Jesus' family now. Maybe I'll ask you for help, what to do, how to turn this around and get to go in a different direction. 
That's a hard saying. I'm not going to this church anymore. They're judgmental. Well, the Bible tells you how to live. And the more you line your life up to live with Jesus, then you're closer you're going to be to God. And the closer you are to him, the more blessed you're going to be. Somebody said amen or oh me. Amen. And so anyway, I did my best all my Christian life to live by what Peter said in verse 67 to 69. So these other people backslid, walked away, then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? He said, Will you guys go to leave too? You know, I, I've, I've seen that experience in church before. Sometimes there'll be a rift, be a few people left. And as a pastor, you always wonder, Well, I wonder if this family's going to walk away too. I wonder if they're going to leave too. When people get offended, you never, you can't predict what they're going to do because it's an individual choice because God gave, gave every one of us a free will. Amen. He gave you a free will and pastors, good pastors and teachers are supposed to speak the truth in love. Ephesians chapter 4, it talked about pastors said speaking the truth in love that they may grow up. And so, there's been lots of people we've had to help at different times. And I know that uh, what I learned as a baby pastor, I'm so glad I don't do that house, Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie. They can handle it all. But anyway, what I learned is this. When people are really getting to the place to where the sin they're in or what they're doing is getting dangerous, where we know they're getting in trouble in life, that they don't get help, especially if they're in leadership, Leaders are held to a higher standard. I don't know if you knew that or not. Held to a higher standard. Well, I learned from my first few experiences as a pastor to try to help people that you have to be willing, first of all, as a man of God. This, you know, I'm telling you some pastoring stuff that you may not understand. But we love our people like their own children. We're called spiritual fathers. You're spiritual children. But what I've learned is this. You have to be willing to lose them if they don't receive correction. That's a hard thing to do. And so, well, I know my very first story when I learned that really the, really the hard way, my music minister and his wife were really just, at that time, undisciplined, lazy Christians. And so we would be having a church service and everything opened up ready for music. And my music minister would show up five or ten minutes late with donuts and a coffee in his hand to go up there and lead. And so these things went on for a while. And we was at a convention one time in Rockford, Illinois, and all the way home, the Lord talked to me about that, that that's your responsibility, you're the pastor. I want you to take care of that. You have to talk to him. So long story short, I uh, got to the place to where I thought, well, he was very immature at the time. I thought they will probably leave. But I knew I had to because it was either them or me because I'm the one that the head boss talks to because I'm the manager of the church and he's the owner. And so I had to call him in the office, Mrs. Pastor, and I was the first time I ever had to do this. And so all I did, I was just very plain. I said, I want to tell you guys, I'm in trouble with God. You are? What's going on, Pastor? I said, well, it's you. <laughs> I said, I'm responsible for teaching the Word of God to all these people. You're responsible for setting it up by bringing the anointing and getting them in the presence of God. And I said... You come in like you don't care about anything. You're eating donuts, drinking coffee, and trying to lead this team. And I said, I'm in trouble now. God told me to talk with you. And so I'll tell you what he told me to tell you. And he said, what? I said, <clears throat> are you the one or do I need to look for another? Talk about leading this music team. 
He and his wife, when I said that, got down on their knees. They started crying. They repented and said, Pastor, you're right. We know that we've been doing wrong. We haven't been serious about the things of God. And so we repent. We ask you to forgive us. And then I prayed with them to ask the Lord. And then they become our key people for years and years and years and years. But you know what I did? I spoke the truth in love. I didn't come out hammering, pounding, shouting, screaming, snorting, mad. I said, guys, this is a God business. This church is God's business. I'm the manager. You guys are leaders. I'm in trouble. If I'm in trouble, you're in trouble. And I said, if somebody's going to get fired, it's not going to be me. And then we had, we had, we had, we'd start to get elders. That then one of my elders do that story. He said, let me ask you something. What, what happens if God fires you? And I said, I don't know. I'm not going to find out. Anyway, what I, you said, I'm saying, it's a hard saying. Sometimes if you're on a road to destruction, if you've got a real man or woman of God in your life and they want to help you, the best thing you do is not run. But look at your life and look at their fruit and thinking, these guys really love me. They're not being mean to me. They're trying to help me. And they'd be willing to make changes. Amen? And so back here to Peter, <clears throat> he said, she said, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Well, who am I representing tonight? I'm representing Jesus. What words am I teaching tonight? Words of eternal life. I've got the words of eternal life. You know what? You can go to the best ball game in California tonight, you won't hear this. Amen. You can go to the, the best, newest movie, and you won't hear this. You go there, whatever you're watching on TV or whatever, however you watch stuff, you're not going to hear this. This is the words of eternal life. And then verse 69, that we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, <clears throat> the Son of the living God. And so for all my Christian life, no matter what's happened, I realized eternal life is real. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the fellowship of Spirit-filled Christians. I need to be at a church where they're teaching the words of Jesus. That's what I need for my life. And so anyway, we as Christians have to know if we're going to stay saved and not backslide, we've got to keep walking with Jesus. And let me throw one more thing out at you that I've seen happen too many times. <laughs> well, the funny stories I've got over the years. There was a denominational pastor in our minister's group back in India, and I'll never forget it. <clears throat> he had a pretty big denominational church, a really good church. At one time, he went on vacation to another state, thought, I want, I want to visit another church, see what church my denomination are like. And so he said he went to this church. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It really shocked him. He began to check his church out to make sure what happened there. said he walked into the church. He sat down in a chair. And he was starting to enjoy the service. He said all of a sudden he saw this bony old hand start pecking him on the shoulder. He looked. Said a really old woman said, Mister, I hope you enjoyed that seat. That's been my seat for 42 years. How many Christians have you ever known that got offended because somebody sat in their row?
to listen to me. When you're walking with God and in agreement with God, it's not bringing God down to your level to agree with your carnal thinking. You think you know the job you're supposed to have? He knows the job you're supposed to have. You think you know the church you're supposed to go to? He knows the church you're supposed to go to. You think you know the person you're supposed to marry? He knows the person you're supposed to marry. As we're going to walk with God, you come up to his level, you don't bring him down to yours. Do you know the Bible says also in the book of Malachi, he said, I'm God, I change not. Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, he changes not. And so I've learned in my walking with God that if I know it's in the Bible, I'm doing my best, but it's not coming to pass in my life. Now listen to me. I'm going to help you something right here, walking with God, not be a backslider. If I know that the Bible says such and such belongs to me, this is God's will for my life, that's not happening, I don't try to change him. I change me. How do you change me? Well, I go to church. I pray. I check my heart to make sure I'm not holding unforgiveness against anybody. I check my life to make sure there's not some sin in my life that I participate in that I need to stop. Hey, man, you got to do something to change yourself. I never, ever, 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 ever. I learned years ago, if there's ever a problem in receiving, it's never on God's end. It's got to be on my end. Because he's perfect. He's not going to change. No matter how much I cry, no matter how much I beg, no matter how much I plead, no how much, whatever, all the different things that Christians do, I don't even know because I quit doing most of those kind of dumb things years ago. I found out it's in the Word, it's mine, I walk in faith, I walk in love, and in my heart, if I know something's wrong, I quit doing it. And if it always wants me to do something, then I start doing it because I walk with God. It says, how could two walk together except they be agreed? Enoch walked with God for 365 years. I dare to say Enoch had to do a lot of changing. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. Wasn't born again. Wasn't here yet. He walked with God. And so for us as Christians, if you're going to walk with God and have this testimony that you please God, then you're going to have to be doing some change and be in agreement with Him. I just want to say this, and I believe somebody needs to hear this, either watching out there or sitting in here. There's things in your life you're really struggling with right now and you can't figure out why is it not working? Well, stop, examine, and ask him, am I out of agreement with you in some area of my life? If you're walking with him, then you're going to be in agreement with him. Amen. Amen. And so he walked with God and he was not. And so I've trained myself, I've trained myself to continually study the Bible all these years and listen to a good Bible teacher. And you know something that I, do, I don't do? I judge the fruit. I judge the fruit of people that teach the Bible. I judge the fruit of Christian books. And I am not, I am not going to put poison into my spirit or into my soul. Uh, story, story, stories. All these stories. How many like good stories that help you? Did anybody ever hear of Abraham Lincoln? Did anybody ever hear of his mother, Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, one time we were at Lincoln National Park in southern Indiana. 
there's a theme park down there we used to take our kids to every year. And in that park, there's a little graveyard that has his mother's grave in there. And so if you ever see these historical markers, these black things that got black writing with that gold writing on them sitting beside historical places. And so anyway, at the graveyard where his mother was buried, it's really interesting. As a matter of fact, story I'm telling Tony Cook put in one of his books he wrote. We were looking at there at the grave and thinking, man, this is Abraham Lincoln's mom buried right here in Indiana. And so we read it. And she was really young, said she died, she died of milkweed poisoning. How many know all about milkweed poisoning? I knew nothing about it either. And so here's what I read, and then the Lord gave me a spiritual lesson, and I've lived by this for myself, and I really suggest you live by it for you. Said that milkweed poisoning, there's a thing called milkweed, and when cows eat it, it doesn't hurt the cow at all. But there's poison that it gets in the milk. If humans drink the milk from a cow that's ate milkweed, it kills the human. And so Mary Todd Lincoln, his mother, died young because she drank milk from a cow that, that uh, had, had, had eaten that weed. So the Lord told me, he said, it's just like pastors. He said, if pastors feed on poison, it might not kill the pastor because they're strong enough to handle some things. But when they, you know, the Bible says that the word of God is milk. It says, you know, it's milk to you. So when pastors that feed on wrong things teach that to baby Christians, it'll get into the Christians. It'll get into their thinking. It'll affect their life. It'll affect their faith. And if it's something serious happens in their life, like a serious sickness, if you've got pastors that feed on wrong things about divine healing, and then if they teach something like a lot of people do, well, you know, God picks and chooses who he heals. You can't never tell. Or... Some people, some people say things like, well, you know what? You're a special case. God's teaching you something. That's your thorn to flesh. That, that, that's your burden to bear. That's God teaching to make you a better Christian. Nowhere in the Bible is that. That's called milkweed. And so what happens when pastors teach things like that? What would have happened when Pastor Dave had leukemia if I thought he's a special case? God's using him to get somebody saved. God does not have to hurt a child to get somebody born again. Jesus took our sins, took our sicknesses. Amen? God does not have to hurt people to bless somebody else. And so that's called poison. But when you got young Christians and people that don't know what the Bible says about different subjects, they trust their man of God. I mean, man, Mrs. Lincoln trusted the family cow. Man, this is my cow. This is the cow that my babies drink their milk from. This is our cow. I could drink that milk, but it killed her. Well, this is your pastor. You can trust your pastor. But if your pastor doesn't know the Bible very well, maybe your pastor's feeding you poison. You know, that's why I'm so serious about you bringing your Bibles. Don't just look at the screen. Bring your own Bibles. Take those notes. Write it down. Look it out. Check it out. And if you got some doubts about something... Come up and talk to me. Talk to Pastor Dave. But don't do like this goofy woman did in Martinsville that time. Preached it on a Wednesday night. Had a church full of people. Had this lady hadn't come very long. I'm up here teaching the Word of God. And all of a sudden, right in my sermon, this woman comes running up to me. And man, I didn't know what she was going to do. I didn't know. It looked like a wild woman. Got up there to me. The ushers get on alert. Got her Bible. Hey, hey, what are you reading? That's not my Bible. And I looked at it. I said, well, I've been Mark and you're in John. Whoa. 
So if you're going to challenge, make sure you got the goods. Amen, 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 amen. Well, anyway, we're about to wrap it up. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And we're talking about having the testimony to please God. And, and to live long and strong for Jesus and not backslide. I just want to say that again. I've got to keep on saying that till you get it. Jesus said, narrow's the way that leads to life. If you'll be the find it. Broad's the way that leads to destruction. Don't ever, ever, ever get caught up in mass gossip. Amen. Jesus said you judge fruit. So whether it's about another Christian, a preacher, or somebody you work with, if you see somebody's a good person doing right and people get on a bandwagon trying to destroy somebody's character or something, even if the person's doing wrong, you're supposed to pray for them. But the main thing I'm telling you to stay walking with Jesus is stay walking in love and don't get caught up in the crowd. Amen. Second Corinthians 5.7 says that Enoch walked with God those 365 years. And he had that great testimony. And so, uh, verse 7, 2 Corinthians 5. Well, look at this for we what? See that word again? See that word walk again? It's all through the Bible. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And so, uh, with that word right there, I really see a faith life with God. You're walking with Him by faith and not by sight. So if you're going to walk with God for a long time, you must discipline yourself to live by the Word, not by your senses. Live by the Word, not by your senses. Enoch lived by what God told him, not by what he saw. We live by what God tells us. Hebrews 11, 5 again, Enoch was translated, should not see death because he pleased God. And so if you're going to please God, whether it feels right or not, tell your head to shut up. Bible says to do it, you do it. Amen. Bible says love and forgive, you love and forgive. But you don't know what they did. Jesus does. Pray for them. Let Jesus help them. And then you better be the number one you can be concerned about is you. The number one person I look at is me. When I look at the mirror in the morning time, I look at me, and sometimes I have to talk to me and tell me, doesn't make any difference if you feel saved or not, you are saved. The Bible says you are. Amen? Doesn't make any difference what you feel. If the Bible says it, that's what you are, that's what you've got. Amen. Let's stand up. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're preaching to a lot of former backsliders. No more backsliders. Say, no more backsliders. That we're walking with God all the way. May not be 365 years. Say it. But I'd like to go for 90 or 100. Walking with God. Amen, amen, amen. All right, who's singing? You guys ready? Man, get that thing tweaked up or whatever you call it. <laughs> All right. If anybody needs prayer tonight, I'm just thinking about what I just preached about and how does faith come by hearing the Word of God. So right now there's been faith 
put in your hearts from the Bible by the Holy Spirit to stay walk with Jesus. But if you've been being tempted to hit, matter of fact, I had a person come to the prayer line this morning, said they're getting ready to go to a convention in Las Vegas, and they haven't been there since they've been a Christian. Said, would you pray for me when I get in that city up there that I will be able to resist the temptation and stay away from it? You know what that's called? Walking with God. They recognize, here's a man of God, I'm in the house of God, I'm getting ready to go into Satan's territory, I want cover with prayer. So if there's things in life that you think you're facing and you want some prayer, man, come over to a man and woman of God that has the fruit. We walk with him. And we'll agree with you in prayer. And glory to God, you'll never walk backwards again. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No Let me throw in one P.S. to that. You know, P.S., that means you're adding something to it. Uh, if you need prayer for anything else, come up, because I know everybody's afraid to come up and say, man, they think I'm backsliding. No, this is not just for people that's been tempted. If you got things going on, you need prayer for healing or anything else, they come up. And if you're really, if you're really on the verge of backsliding, they might think you're coming up for healing. <laughs> Tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit.
I don't know about you, but I preach myself happy. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love walking with Jesus. And I don't like to wrap myself out on dumb things I've done in life over the years. But I'll do anything to help people. You know, I think that's the main thing that God wanted to tell you. That if you're looking for the perfect people, perfect church, guess what? When you showed up, it changed. When I showed up, it changed. It wasn't a perfect church when I got here. It's not a perfect church now. But you know what? We're full of people that love Jesus, want to help other people. And no matter what the devil or life throws our way, we're saying, no, devil, we're not quitters. We're going to keep on going on. We know the words of eternal life changed us, and they're going to change other people to come. Amen. Well, let's hold our heads up. We'll pray. Then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. For your word, it's alive and it's full of power and it's real. For your love, it's real. It's in our hearts. And Lord, we thank you that everybody connected with us is going to stay serious about their Christian walk. And even if they get stupid and walk away for a season, they're going to quickly turn around and cover their senses and come back and say, I want back in. I don't know where life is. That's what I want. We just want to thank you. For your goodness and mercy, that through your word, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus, you've made the way for us to win no matter what comes at us. And that's what we're going to do. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Are we ready? Now, I'm not going to blub this. I'm going to look right at the screen, and I'm going to say it just right. And if people know the screen's there, they'll think, boy, he's sharp. <laughs> Are we ready? We declare... That Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Go team!